Two things I want to comment on briefly before I end. The vaccine that's coming. The COVID-19 vaccine. I haven't ever taken a flu shot in my life. I haven't been sick with the flu since 2009. I've taken vaccines that I would not have taken if my family and I lived here in America. There are vaccines that we gave to our children because we were living in the third world and there are things that are, are a risk there like hepatitis A, typhoid fever, tetanus that aren't such a risk here. Um, the vaccine that's coming is going to be a conscience issue for believers. It's going to have to be something that you weigh. Just as many Cambodian Christians had to weigh a lot of things in their lives. Guys, what happens? God's called me to missions. I love South Asia. I miss it terribly. I miss the persecuted church in Nepal and Cambodia. I miss laboring for the Lord in South America. What happens when I can't travel to these countries unless I can show a certificate to get on a plane that I've had a vaccine? I'm going to have to weigh that. I'm going to have to weigh it. It's going to be a hard issue. Maybe I can get a counterfeit certificate. I got a counterfeit certificate to get into Russia one time. I had to get a vaccine to go to Bolivia once. They wouldn't let me in unless I could show proof of having a yellow fever shot that I didn't think I needed. It's going to be a conscience issue that you're going to have to seek the Lord on. And there will be Christians who come to a different conclusion. And maybe their motive is to be able to keep traveling and keep going to these lands to preach the gospel. Just like some of those Cambodians kept meeting and kept planning for the future to be faithful. I don't know. It's not the mark of the beast. There is something evil afoot. There's something wicked afoot. We're going to have to seek the Lord. It's going to be a conscience issue. And the Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Martin Luther said it's not wise and it's not safe to go against your conscience. So keep those things in mind. There will be believers with weaker consciences, just like there was concerning meat and idols. Let's remember those things. And then when it comes to the mask, it's a conscience issue, guys, we got away. I don't wear a mask. I don't wear it. There are believers who do. Some have to because it, they'll lose their job. Is it something worth losing your job over? It's a conscience issue. You've got to weigh that. You've got to seek the Lord on that. For some, yes. For others, no. There are believers that do it when they go in the stores. And their conscience is clean. So be it. Don't go against your conscience. It's not wise. It's not safe. Seek the Lord. I don't wear a mask. The day may come when I've got to do something. It's a conscience issue. It's not the mark of the beast. So we need to seek the Lord on these things. If God has convicted you to take a stand, take that stand. Not because you're more moral, but because maybe the stand you're taking is going to encourage other believers in other areas to take a stand. That's what we need in this country. And when our church is so weak, we've got to take a stand like those Cambodian believers, even if we die for it. So be thinking about these things. Let's show grace to fellow believers. Now, we know the believers that go around with the hypocritical, you're not loving your neighbor. I'm not talking about that type. I don't care what they say. I'm talking about believers that are genuine, that share the gospel. I know some. In fact, I was so encouraged on our trip. A friend of mine invited me to his church. He wanted me to speak to, he taught the, the kids during Sunday school. And, you know, I've said some things. I, I think the drive-up services are kind of ridiculous. Um, I don't like that stuff. But there are believers that have been doing it. And God kind of convicted me because I went to a drive-up service and we met inside with the kids afterwards. But the pastor came up to me in the parking lot when I arrived. And he had a mask on. 
In my mind, I thought this is ridiculous. And yet he proceeded to introduce himself, to go about thanking me for coming this morning, and just was real excited about what little he had been told from my friend about our ministry. And he asked questions. He was interested. And he said, will you please come and encourage our folks with something this morning? Will you just come up and stand up here on the porch and share something? I think our folks would love it. So I went up there and preached for a few minutes to the people in their cars. They were beeping the horns. I guess that's amen when a drive-in service. I think the head pastor had some health issues, and he was inside. He was sick, and he heard it. And he told this man that talked to me to just express a real appreciation for coming. This man that came up to us in the mask, we went out to lunch together, and we had a great time of fellowship together. And I was in the presence of a genuine brother who loved the Lord and who didn't judge me without a mask, and I didn't judge him. It was an incredible time. I know a lot of Christians that won't wear a mask, but God forbid they don't, give, they don't care anything about who you are, what you're doing, wouldn't ask you one question about it. So that kind of, the Lord used that in my life. I'm thankful for that man. And we just need to seek the Lord. Let's don't confuse blunt, unalterable truth, our expectation and our hope with conscience issues. If you're, if you're taking a stand, take that stand. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't go against your conscience. I'm not wearing a mask at this point in time. I'm just not doing it. I have to go get my tag renewed tomorrow for my vehicle. It expires. I don't know if they're going to let me in there or not. I don't know if I'm going to get my tag renewed, but I'm going to take a stand politely, but I'm going to take a stand. At this point, I'm not taking a vaccine, but God's called me. He called me to missions long before COVID-19 ever came on the scene. So I'll need wisdom when that day comes, and I want to go back to these lands that I love so much. Our expectation and our hope doesn't die with us as it does with the wicked. Be encouraged in that. On our way home, we had a long drive from Austin, Texas, where I met up with a brother, and we went and preached on the campus of the University of Texas. And We were trying to get to Jackson, Mississippi, to fellowship with some folks for a couple of days. And on our way, I pulled off the highway in a little town in Texas called Garden Valley. There's a cemetery there. It's unheralded, not well-known, just a small cemetery off, the, off a rural highway in the piney woods of Texas. And there's a man buried there with his two children. There's a grave there. It says, gone to be with Jesus. And underneath that tombstone are three people, Keith Green uh, and his two children, Josiah David and Bethany Grace. Our Bethany Grace was named after the Bethany Grace that perished. Keith Green was that incredible preacher who wrote all that great music in the late 70s and early 80s back when music was a ministry. Some of his last preaching, just a short time before he was killed, is some of the best. If you've, ever not, if you've never heard his five, I think it's four or five part series on what's wrong with the modern gospel, you can find it on YouTube. Go listen to those messages in 1982. Incredible. We've used them in our summer team Yeshua trainings. He, didn't, he died not long after that. Missionary family was visiting them there on the property. They had a small plane. Keith's ministry had a small plane. He wanted to take them up for a ride. He quickly gathered his things, took his two young, uh, oldest children, said goodbye to his wife who was pregnant. Last thing he said to her is, if I don't come back, raise those other children to be godly. They went off in the plane. It went up and it crashed to the ground. 
He created his two children and then a whole family of missionaries died that day. You might ask the Lord, why? Why, Lord? Why, why all those new baptized believers in the Mekong River were dead a week later? Why were those church leaders killed? 90% of the Christians in Cambodia. Their expectation didn't die with them. So I want to take Bethany back there because when she was a small infant, I stopped at that grave and took a picture with her at that gravestone. I thought it would be cool to go back. She's 16 now, a, a godly young woman who loves the Lord and loves telling others about him. Beautiful too. But I was encouraged because I went to that cemetery to see Keith Green's grave. And we were kind of looking for it. And I really had to go to the restroom. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm going to get off the cemetery. I'm going to go off in the woods to uh, go to the restroom. So I, I was able to wield open this gate and walk off into some woods because there was no bathroom around. And I came back in, and as I was coming back in and walking back to that grave site, I noticed right behind him was another grave. It was that old preacher Leonard Ravenhill. I had no idea he was buried in that cemetery right behind Keith Green. He died in 1994. And then right on the other side of Keith's grave was another grave, a lady named Helen Sosnovsky Steiner, a daughter of Abraham, who died in 1990. And on that grave it said, Yeshua HaMashiach. Isaiah 53, John 3.16. Guys, Keith Green's hope Leonard Ravenhill's hope that he preached so much about, that daughter of Abraham's hope did not perish with them. And one day it'll be realized, theirs but not without ours together. Praise God for that. Our expectation and our hope endures beyond our circumstances and our lives. Just like Simeon and Anna and those waiting for consolation in Jerusalem. That's what we're going to focus on this Advent season.